Hi, and welcome to I Didn't Sign Up For This, the initial episode. I'm Christy Sturm, I'm your host, and um, I'm so glad you're here. I think we're going to start off these first couple episodes with me by myself. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, my experiences with things that I didn't sign up for, especially as it relates to being a parent of children with special needs, especially Henry. And I've got a lot of stuff that um, I've written and talked about with other people, speeches I've given about um, the way his life has impacted our lives and stuff we never expected and, you know, all of that stuff. And I'm hoping that some of these will resonate with other people who are parents of special needs children, other people who are no people who have children with special needs and just people in general, because you know what, when it comes right down to it, kids are kids. And whether they have special needs or they don't have special needs, or they're, they're just cool kids or different kids or whatever, we all have our weird stuff we have to deal with and our um, strange incidents that happen and the stuff we didn't sign up for. Usually surrounding poop, but I digress. Anyway, I wanted to talk first of all about Henry. Um, He was born in 2003 and when he was born he was born at home first of all he was born at home um i had had a totally normal pregnancy nothing to write home about at all it was just totally normal um except for at the very beginning when um i have had a history of spotting early on in the pregnancy and i had already had two miscarriages yes two miscarriages so I had some spotting so I went in to check with the doctor and they did an ultrasound and we heard the the thing that we had heard with our first miscarriage was which was I don't see anything here and with the first miscarriage it was an immediate okay let's take care of this we ran in we had the the DNC and cleaned it all out and that was that with this doctor which is a different doctor because I decided to have a home birth this doctor was like well I don't see anything here but I'd like to wait let's give it a week and see if your numbers go up so I went home and just kind of waited for everything to start all the miscarrying to start and it didn't And so I went back in and my numbers had risen and they did another ultrasound and lo and behold, there he was. There was that heartbeat and everything was fine. So that was a little different. And I'm really thankful that that doctor said, wait, rather than let's take care of this because it would be a very different story. But anyway, so the pregnancy was like totally above you know there was nothing weird about it at all and um so the time came and my contraction started and my i had a doula who was a friend of mine and then i had um the home birth doctor 
And um, we were waiting. My doula came and we waited and, you know, going through the contractions. And then we realized things are moving really fast. So before the doctor could get there, the nurse came out and um, the nurse was there. And at like the minute the nurse came, Henry came. And it was fast and he was small. I mean, small for me. I had like eight pound, 12 ounce children and Henry was only six pounds. So he came out fast and he came out in call, which means that the um, amniotic sac was intact and he was, they had, he was delivered in the amniotic sac and they had to break the sac after he was born, um, after he came out. And that was kind of cool. But he was small, and we had no idea that he had Down syndrome. None at all. He was smaller than usual. And um, from the very beginning, I could tell that he was having some trouble nursing. He wasn't, he didn't seem to be getting the hang of it like he should. And he lost a lot of weight right away. And our, our big deal right at the beginning was we got to get weight on him because he had lost like almost a pound. And so we're trying to get weight on him and he couldn't nurse. So I was pumping and then using a syringe to feed him from because he couldn't use the bottle either. He wasn't getting the bottle. So I was syringe feeding him to try to get as much in him as possible. We had two weeks of like complete ignorance about it. And uh, we just thought he was small and he was having trouble putting on weight. So I just kept doing that um, pumping and syringe feeding and finally he was putting on some weight and and getting a little bigger and he had had some jaundice and that cleared up so I took him to the doctor to to get um, now that his jaundice cleared up it was time to you know check him out let's make sure let's check him out let's see that he's good blah 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 so the doctors got him on the table and he's you know turning him and lifting him and prodding him and poking him and then out of the blue he just says when he's done examining him and I'm starting to put his clothes back on he just goes has it crossed your mind that Henry has Down syndrome silence uh, it didn't even really register what he said but I responded you know, that thought just crossed my mind once, but that was it. It just kind of was in passing. And then I can't remember anything else. I'm continuing to put his clothes on. And the doctor is talking to me. And it was like Charlie Brown's teacher. It was womp, 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 womp. I don't remember a thing that doctor said. Nothing. And um, I guess it was because my, my heart rate, picked up but I got this like dull roar in my ears so I'm just hearing this like roaring like the sea and my insides got all like glopped up and I started feeling sick it uh, it, it was like creeping into my consciousness but it wasn't really registering and I'm sure any other um, parents of special needs children out there can can relate to that feeling of it, you got the information, you heard it, but it, it, it isn't making sense in your brain yet. All I remember f for sure is that I was, I could feel that I was starting to cry and I was trying not to. I'm like putting all my energy into not crying because I was mostly concerned with the doctor not thinking I was a bad mom. Isn't that great? My mom was there. She was out in the waiting room with my son, Stephen. 
so I got Henry all bundled up and, you know, checked out at the doctor's office and went out to her. And um, she could see that I was upset and had been crying. And I just give her a big hug. And I kind of whispered kind of quietly in her ear, the doctor thinks Henry has Down syndrome. And she's just, I'm still hugging her. And she just lets out this sound that will, I mean, I can't duplicate it, but it will never leave me. It was like a, this guttural wounded animal moan that, oh my God. I mean, for the rest of my life, I will remember that. You know, the weight of this, I couldn't comprehend it. And I just couldn't. So we had like weeks of testing and going to, you know, getting all the genetic testing. And then when we got the, um, the confirmation that yes, he does have the extra chromosome. Now we're now we're going and doing all the other testing that you do when you have a child with Down syndrome, checking on his heart and his lungs and his GI tract and all that stuff. And it was insane. I don't remember anything from it. I think that my subconscious just eliminated it because it was too stressful and just awful. But you know, what was weird was how, how slowly the understanding kind of came over and the comprehension kind over the weeks. And the slow one thing at a time realizing that what that means for your kid, like accepting that uh, your dreams for your child may not come true. Henry won't be president. Henry won't go to college. Henry will probably never live on his own, though at that time we weren't sure of that. But now we we know Henry will never live on his own. Um, Henry won't have children. Henry's not going to do a lot of things. And that's hard to accept. When we have children, we have a lot of dreams. We have a lot of expectations. We have so much that we uh, are placing into that life. And to have all of that kind of just crushed immediately is, it's more, I think, than our souls can handle. It's, it's really hard, but I'm thankful. I am thankful. Don't get me wrong. My Henry is amazing. And the past 15 years, there are struggles and there is shit that I am going to be able to tell you all about in the podcasts to come. But at that time, it was so hard. Every special needs parent, I think, every parent who, especially if you have a child with Down syndrome, someone at some point will hand you or send you or mail you or email you a copy of the poem, Welcome to Holland. It, it, I think it's required. You cannot have a child with special needs without getting this poem. It's just you get it. Look it up if you if you haven't seen it, if you haven't read it. It's a really great take on realizing that the expectations and the dreams and the hopes you have had for your child when you were carrying them have changed completely. They are totally different. It's like 
you planned this trip to Italy and it's going to be the best trip and you've got everything planned. You booked your hotels and you've got these wonderful tours planned and you're going to eat the best food and see opera and just everything Italy. And you get on the plane and you're excited and you go and the plane lands and they say, welcome to Holland. We're so glad you're here. And you go, Oh, wait, whoa, 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 I'm supposed to be in Italy. This is totally not right. I, I, I don't want to be here. But, you know, Holland has windmills and Holland has tulips and Holland has the Van Goghs and Holland has beautiful, beautiful canals. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's very different from Italy, but it's just as cool. So that's kind of like what being a parent of a child with special needs is. It's not at all what you planned. Not for a minute is it what you planned. And you're going to be pissed off that what you planned isn't happening. But if you can get past the pissed off, you can get to a completely different and similarly beautiful journey. So that's what Welcome to Holland is. So that's my my beginning story of how I became a parent of a child with special needs. And um, again, I'm going to say this over and over and over and over and over again, probably in future podcasts, is that I what Henry was when he was born is not who Henry is now. And I had no idea what Henry was going to be when Henry was born. Henry at first, <laughs> Henry was the squishiest little squish that you could ever imagine. He was just this little butterball of love and drool and just wonderfulness that, um, you know, he didn't have any of his personality yet. Who is Henry now? (laughs) Henry is what we call our changeling child. Henry is a, an elf wrapped in a pixie wearing the clothes of a maniacal, baseball player. I don't know. I don't know. Henry's Henry's a special, special child. We discovered we couldn't test him um, because he doesn't test. But um, we're pretty sure Henry is on the autism spectrum as well. His sensory needs are through the freaking roof. And um, that manifests itself in needing to be touched and pressured and hugged and weighted blankets and weighted vests and weighted this and swinging and spinning and and all of that you know back when he was new he was cute and he was totally non-threatening and not at all capable of destruction however the past 15 years have turned him into a master of the destructive arts i mean if this kid wanted to go into demo he could go into demo And so my I didn't sign up for this that we're going to talk about today is about today. This happened today, so it could not get any more relevant and topical. Okay, Um, living with Henry ever since he became mobile and really interactive has been uh, one great big demolition assignment for him. I think because Henry throws, Henry throws everything, shoes, books, um, tablets, socks, pacifiers, pacifier straps, clothes, 
anything basically if it's not bolted down henry will throw it but it's not in any sort of coordinated goal-oriented way like we can't get him to participate in special olympics in the tennis ball throw or anything like that because he doesn't care but when it comes to destroying our house he cares a lot it's um just a full extension of his arms and hands. It's like he throws his hands out and whatever in them has to go. And I don't know what he gets out of it. I really don't. Um, maybe some sort of sensory input of the release and the noise of the impact. You got me. I don't know. What I do know is that it has led to a house full of um, broken TVs, broken tablets, broken windows, holes in the drywall, um, broken pictures on the, I mean, everything. If, if it is in a place, no, let me correct that because it could be in a place where you don't think he could break it and he will break it. If it can be hit by something, Henry will break it. And, and because of that, I've learned slowly, I can't really have anything nice in the house. Um, at least not out where we can see it. <laughs> because it will get broken like we have these beautiful lamps that were my, my husband's parents they're just these beautiful antique lamps with the antique shades and when we moved into this new house we wanted to have them out because they're really pretty and they remind us of his parents but nope because there's there's just no way he would have broken them and because we kept them put away we still have them but the lovely little um, shepherdess figurine that was very special to his mother that I had on the mantle that got broken immediately so I don't know what to say about that I mean it it what we have had oh my god I lost count I really did um, because I was keeping count for a while and now I can't keep count anymore, but we have to have, we, I know we have in the house at least one, two, three, three or four flat screen TVs that Henry broke, um, that we, I mean, you can't just put a flat screen TV out for the garbage to pick it up. You got to take it somewhere and have it recycled. And we haven't done that. So there's at least four. And I think there were more that we did get recycled so let's just say six, six flat screen TVs that he's broken. I lost track of the iPads. We stopped buying iPads because he would break them. And you can't, I mean, even if you go get the screen fixed, that's $150. So you can't just buy a new iPad each time. And even $150 is too much money. Um, so we started buying Kindle Fires, the little seven inch ones that you can get from Amazon Warehouse for about $40. So those are the ones we buy now. We don't buy anything bigger than seven inches because the bigger the surface area of the screen, the more chance that he'll shatter it. And they have to have a case. We have yet to find a decent case that will keep the tablet from breaking. We've tried OtterBox. We've tried OtterBox adjacent type cases we have the the amazon fire kid proof cases that that's a load of shit they are not kid proof in any way shape or form I, we think that if we could somehow get henry hired to kid test the things that they say are kid proof or unbreakable or break resist or 
he could make a lot of money doing that because everything is breakable if you're Henry. So I know that right now, when it comes to the seven inch fires, Henry is on number 45 because each time you get a new one, Amazon assigns it a new number and it comes up on the thing. So we are on tablet number 45 of the Amazon seven inch fires. Now I gave up on having iPads. I wanted the iPad. I really liked them. They were, they were better, but he would, no matter what you do, no matter where you put it, he, he finds it and he gets his hands on it and he breaks it. So that's, that's the, the, the foundation story of Henry and his throwing and his breaking. Now cut to today. I finally got out of the house, y'all. I got to go somewhere by myself for the first time since before Christmas. I was so happy. I got to go to Barnes and Noble and I bought a book and then I went and had a nice lunch at Portillo's with the delicious chicken Siciliano that I love that you can't get in the drive-thru. And then I went to Target and, um, bought a couple things at Target and, and ransacked 70% off Christmas stuff. Y'all, even the candy, the Christmas chocolates are 70% off. Chocolate doesn't have a season. Go buy it. Anyway. And I, then I went to see a movie. It was the most awful movie ever. It was Holmes and Watson. And um, save yourself the money and don't get it on Amazon Prime. Um, don't <laughs> Do not pay money to see this movie. It is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I'm a horror buff, and I've seen almost everything that Netflix has to offer in the horror category, and this was worse than all of them. But I came back home, and I was happy to come home. But I come home to find that not only had Henry trashed the house with books that torn apart and thrown everywhere, but he had got his hands on my 10-inch Kindle Fire. Now, I have a 10-inch because I like it a little bit bigger where I can see it better because I'm old and I got bad eyes. So he got his hands on my Kindle Fire and he broke the shit out of it, y'all. He got it out. It's in a protective case, a two-piece front and back protective case. He got it out of the protective case. He pulled the back off of it and he shattered the shit out of his screen beyond recognition and I am ashamed to say that I lost it I mean I I totally lost it see no matter how vigilant you are with Henry how careful you are about trying to make sure you always put it away you always put it either up where he can't get it or you lock occasionally you forget and I forgot today <sighs> Because, you know, no matter how sneaky you think you are, he gets his hands on it and he uses it to put another hole in the goddamn drywall. The drywall in front of our stairs, we look like we live in a crack house. We've got to come up with something to put over this that he can't break. But I don't know what it is. Like big, huge pieces of lumber? I don't know. Anyway, I digress again. So I had this nice Kindle Fire, and it's not for any important use. I don't do any work on it. I don't do anything important on it. I watch movies on it while I work on my photos. And I play my games on it before I go to bed. 
it's not like he destroyed my laptop or anything. It's just this stupid thing, but it was mine and I liked it. And playing those stupid games makes me happy. And I can't use the smaller screen because I can't see it well enough. And buying a new one is like $160 or something. And I don't have that. And now it's gone. And y'all, I melted down hard. I had a panic attack. I was like gutturally moan screaming. And um, I had to use my asthma inhaler because I couldn't breathe during the panic attack. I was able to get back under control by laying on the floor. I started to, I was like consciously slowing my breathing and calm down. But then, of course, I ended up like horribly ashamed that I did that to my family and they had to listen to that and watch me be this like out of control monster for 15 minutes. But, you know, sometimes the shit piled on top of the shit that's already weighing down my shoulders is just the right amount of shit to break me. And that's what happened today. That was the right amount of shit. It was more than I could handle. And that is what I did not sign up for today.